This is the Beige and the Bold, and today we are watching the most toys. I'm Van Velding, and I have been collecting action figures from this series since it originally aired. I'm Derek, and I have no action figures from this series. You ready? Yep. In three, two, one, engage. I love that we start this off on a routine day-in-the-life mission of the Enterprise-D. Just people in space are dying all the time, and they got to get <laughs> stuff from... From the private sector, please come, yeah. libertarians, also, and we're going to solve this. Also, this is kind of an interesting concept, too, that they mentioned that this hydritium is too unstable for a transporter, so apparently you can't transport everything, um, which is what I kind of thought you could. But, um, And I could imagine that could be a whole bunch of things. Like, we could transport it, but it would destroy the hydritium, or we could transport it, and it would clog the blah 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 pathways or yeah. whatever i do want to mention in case we cut back to it that hydrating was probably just warhammer figures from the way they're packing it into those phone casings in the back of the yeah yeah i um i thought about warhammer guys I, I totally thought about them as phone casings as well that second shot like kind of lends them to maybe they're not but uh, <laughs> the first shot does not do that justice for sure like oh dude i got a pad here and it's got the whole like toughness versus firepower table you're gonna need that <laughs> yeah Ooh. so uh initially i was like the hell man really but then i thought yeah you can stun people okay that makes sense yeah. i mean you can't stun people unlock every single one of their muscles for like i don't know an hour like how long is he out i don't know long enough yeah i uh <laughs> i like the ugly ass in civilian tricorders. Yeah, I thought it was, uh, at first I thought it was a, kind of like a chop shop. Like they just happened to be yeah. dealing at like an Android chop shop. Like, hey man, we're just going to mm. cut this dude up and just sell him for parts. Yeah, a, a high pressure ratchet or something. So, <laughs> um, yeah. so yeah, I, um, you know, it's, it's a pretty cool plan and I like how they're very professionally carrying that plan out. Yeah, and you don't really get a sense of how deep the plan went until towards the end of the episode, which I think is good. It's like, it's not a twist. It's just, hey, this goes into a level deep one. And you're like, whoa, really? That's neat. Like, <laughs> yeah. Data's dead. He did. I'm right in the teaser. Um, yeah. I love an episode that gets to the point. That's one of the reasons I love uh, Taken so much. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And uh, Law Abiding Citizen. Like, I... Not a lot of people saw that movie. I feel like it was killed I, in editing. But uh, Ed Colmini, Jamie Foxx, uh, Gerard Butler, is that the guy's name? Leonidas? Uh, yeah, Gerard Butler. Yeah. Um, oh, wait, yeah, I did watch Law Abiding Citizen. Yeah, no, yeah. they got they got to it quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, yeah, I, I kind of like that, too. I like the whole, like, you get thrown into it, and then the backstory kind of is revealed as the regular story unfolds, you know? Like, yeah. I think at some point Jamie Foxx is like, hey, what do we know about this dude? He's like, oh, he's, he's a professional killer that likes to kill with gadgets, and he's an engineer, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. CIA, NSA, MacGyver type of shit. Let's, let's keep going here. Yeah. You yeah. like your career too much, don't you? Um, <laughs> so, anyway, I, I don't want to sit here and stand for a law-abiding citizen. Like, it, yeah. it could have been better. Yeah, and no, like, the weird thing is, it, you watch the movie and you feel that. Yeah, um, it's a damn shame. And Kalmini's in it, the guy that plays Chief O'Brien. He's, he's oh, okay, neat. Yeah. So, um, it was my first instances of being like, "Oh, these guys are all getting old." But, um, <laughs> I always like it when, uh, you know, there are certain things in your childhood you should never rewatch if you want yeah. them to to like maintain their level of just pleasantness to you. Um, and I think the only the, the 
there's a, a middle ground in which you can remember the dude that was or the person that was in the thing that you enjoyed and when you see that person get work you're like oh cool like yeah. i love ninja turtles and then when i saw like um whatever the guy's name is i can never remember it um he was on csi i'm like cool casey jones he's got work sweet <laughs> that's good yeah i definitely i definitely have that feeling um more for the original series uh-huh i mean a frakes did because like of, after because this. of the curse <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, basically. It's hard for them to get work. But uh, this is Saul Rubinek, by the way. And speaking of actors you recognize... Yeah, I must say, I feel like I've seen this dude before, but obviously I can't place him. You have 100% seen this dude before. Um, is he always he, like this, like, just indiscriminate traitor guy? Uh, sometimes he plays a scientist, sometimes he plays a lawyer, sometimes he's a doctor. Okay. Uh, I think he does do some bad guys. He was the, sort of the, the top dude in Warehouse 13... Artie, okay. I think his name was. I didn't see Warehouse 13. Okay. Um, I think it was in Bonfire of the Vanities. Yeah, I like um, this. Uh, so this dude, like, sells it for me. Like, he... I mean, he gets a, a non-trivial amount of screen time. But, yeah. like, for his character, like, he is just a, a, an inscrutable, immoral traitor. Uh, oh, man, he nails it so hard. Yeah. Like, because you see him doing this stuff, and then you see what he's capable of, like, more and more in the episode. You're like, whoa, man, dang. Yeah, he is. He is such this. He is a great depraved evil yeah. character. Oh yeah, for sure. I, um, and I, I like that they kind of show this here. Um, he mentions one thing later um, when he's talking to Data. He's like negotiating, and he says like, "Hey man, you know, you look at me as your kidnapper, but I'm really your liberator. Look, I'm at war with no one." And <laughs> and then you're like, "Whoa." Yeah, that's actually true. <laughs> I mean, that's... And here it is. Like, this this evil dude is convincing me, an audience member. Like, hey, he's kind of has a point, Dan. Maybe you rethink this. <laughs> he is... Um, he's a great villain. And yeah. again, everything... Almost every line in that scene they just had... Like, when you watch it a second time, you realize... Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, I'm not going to carry this stuff anymore. So don't, don't come back to yeah. me for this. And I like and... how he, like, totally didn't, like... So this dude's, like, rich as hell, right? And then yeah. he's like, hey, can I see your sensors of the explosion? He's like, oh, our sensors are pretty primitive compared to yours. Um, and he's like, well, I just want to see him anyway. He's like, all right, cool. Show it to him. He could have totally had, like, an old Commodore 64 in the background just, like, sending him, like, crappy data, even mm-hmm. though his sensors are really pro. But he thought that much through it. it. You know, like, you get the sense that if that was the case, I would totally believe he thought of that. Yeah. I mean, there, there are no loose ends here. I mean, there's one loose end, obviously. Yeah. But um, he does a really good job of planning so many things. It's yeah. the little details that go wrong in his plan. Yeah. Um, and, like, I think that the only thing that I'm a little bit I didn't like is this kind of exchange here where he just, like, he gets really super goofy over data. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I know what's happening, and I, I buy it, and it's fine. Um, I just... I don't know. Like, I just kind of is weird, I guess, to me. I kind of wish it would have been a little bit differently. Like, look, what what is this? <laughs> What's he doing? <laughs> he's excited. He's bought a new thing and he's going to test it out. I um, yeah. He's just taking it out of its packaging. Yeah. I um. This is this is the data unboxing episode. You're watching it for the first time. <laughs> oh my god, I would love to do this. <laughs> Sometimes I imagine what it would be like to like hire people to do stuff. Like, I just watched the series finale. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, next year is going to be 25 years since they oh, did wow, that. Okay. Um, 
anyways like oh could they get together and do like a thing but anyway yeah. um i could not afford saw rubenek um <laughs> yeah no no who could but just to do like a like have saw rubenek and and brent spiner do like a data unboxing video <laughs> yeah. on like a cell phone <laughs> yeah so i mean this is kind of interesting too is that data is captured like and everyone knows kind of the kidnapping premise that I love that he's, I love that he asked which to leave. Like that is just, that is a, a detail of dialogue writing that is often overlooked. Like when someone's like, I'll give you anything that you want. And then someone's like, all right, I want to leave. <laughs> that's, that, that's a worthy point though. Cause you have people today who are like, Oh, white people in America gave their slaves like food and shelter and all these other things. They lived great. It's like, well, they couldn't leave. Could they like, that's yeah. the core issue. They couldn't leave. Yeah. I think he, um, he, he like I don't know if it was right right here or maybe later where he talks about um, being held against your will is uh, inequitable and offensive. Um, like most most sentient or most organic life forms or sentient life forms or whatever find being kept against their will. I love dude like that was like some straight up that was a Terminator wall from Brent Spiner. You saw that? <laughs> like, he <laughs> yeah. was like, all right, dude, I'm about to rip your head off. <laughs> you don't open this door. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and Data's, you know, going through a series of logical steps to yeah, get himself out this of is, here. And it's methodical. And even, even so, that's kind of what's kind of good about this sequence is that the character of Data is even, like, you can even see it in the physical acting. Because you see just how he progresses through his, um, his problem-solving process. And I also love that he, he never raises his voice, which, I mean, why would he use Data? But I just like that. Exactly. I like that he is there are certain things that he doesn't engage in like no you don't get to call me data all my friends call me data he's like no that's my name go ahead do whatever you want yeah. a little bit of physical acting to support the effects yeah because you don't need the green force field effect to yeah. remind us that there's a green force field there right um uh, so of, I, I like this I like this little stuff where it's like hey look stuff that you've never seen before but that's like ancient and collectible uh, you know, kind of mix in with the things that you recognize. I do like that they they went from like two like unknown future things to a baseball card, and he's like, "Look at the bubble gum! You can smell the bubble gum." I'm like, "What that's is great. Nerd. <laughs> yeah. And that's I think Star Trek occasionally turns against the worser parts of its fandom. Um, I'm so waiting to see Discovery versus social media, but. The, <laughs> This is about, to some extent, collector culture. It's about capitalism and greed and depravity and those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, but it is it is also about collector culture. It's collecting things because they're rare and important. Yeah. And um, um, it, it is kind of, it, it is interesting to me, you know, like like how, I often wonder about that kind of deal. So, like, eventually, like, he has another collector friend, right, that comes visit him. Like, do, mm-hmm. are there really, like, collectors like this? Like, hey, look, man. I got this new thing that you could never get. Nah, that's fake. It's like no, it isn't. I had three people verify it, and like, you're like, do they ha- these conversations exist in real life? Yeah, well, we we hear about bids for art pieces at not Julia's, Julie Arts, uh, big auctions, big yeah. auction house, and yeah. I mean, what do those people do with it? Yeah, you know, they put yeah. it somewhere. Yeah, and yeah, they for sure. when they have people over, when they entertain, I yeah, presume they mention these things. Yeah. I like so, how um, he's he's excited to make his friend upset. Like yeah. <laughs> he has he has we, we, we get introduced to his frenemy, Paul Tov. <laughs> yeah. It's conspicuous consumption. Like it's it's point scoring. Yeah. 
um, and it's ultimately meaningless because right. there's no rules to it. If you were collecting the Mona Lisa to compete in standard, I would appreciate that. Yeah. But like, it's not. Um, uh, I'm sorry, in a standard magic tournament. There Involuntary confinement, offensive and equitable. Yeah. Um, so uh, one of the things I like too is that you get a sense here that yes, your collecting is like the the medium of of his activity, but really he's interested in being powerful. <laughs> that's that's like he wants power over his frenemy, and he wants Data to sit because he said so. Yeah. So, um, it's very self-indulgent and you can see him go from calm to completely excited to calm again. I like how, Um, I really wish that Data had like the ability to bluff. He's like, listen, I consider this a hostile actor in your part. So I'm, I'm going to initiate, you know, total annihilation code four, five, three. (laughs) It's like, oh, whoa, Data has one of those. (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) Totally going to break out of here and destroy everything you guys. This is about... Data being the prisoner, which I guess, which I guess yeah. I'll get into later, because now we're we're in Data's quarters. Yeah, um, which is kind of I don't. Every time someone does this, what Wesley does, I, I, it bothers me. It's like I mean I know that they're coming from like, hey, look, he, he's dead, so we gotta go through his personal effects and do whatever it is Starfleet does with that kind of stuff. Put them all in some kind of grinder for future replicators. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, but, uh, you know, we get, I guess they get kind of a memory lane. I, I like that they bring up Yar, um, which yeah. I think is good. So I think we've, we've talked about, I don't know if we've seen this book exactly, but um, we did, we have seen him do Shakespeare with Picard before. It is also kind of weird, too, that, like, he has these things in a drawer instead of, like, out. Like, I, you know, like, it's, like the cards, that makes sense. But I'm saying, like... Um, like he's about to pull like Yar's kind of memorial thing. Oh no, it's this yeah, is accommodation. It's the medals. Yeah. Um, that's kind of like why wouldn't you have that hanging up? But I don't, or why do you have it in a drawer? Yeah, because have you seen the way this ship rocks when the littlest thing happens? Hey, f you, meat bag. <laughs> <laughs> not bad yeah. for a circuitry miniature cells. Yeah, well, not bad for a big lump of meat. <laughs> <laughs> meat and gross hair in new places. Yeah. It's yeah. bad. Um, I I don't know. I guess you know they're mocking how other people see data as less. Yeah, I mean you know that it's you know that they're being like the the line wasn't uh, pejorative, you, but it's just kind of like every. I mean people do this with data. People like will will we're best friends. It's like listen, you buck the bolts. Like I'm like no, you can't do that. Like you either respect your friends or you don't. Yeah, fair enough. I um. This is an episode where Data is literally objectified. Yeah. Where he's put into a collection. Yeah. As as a thing. Yeah, I mean, you even see um, Fajo um, do, like, try to, like, execute commands. that Like, with him, he's like, no, I refuse? Like, <laughs> I can't believe I have to have yeah. this conversation with you, but all right. <laughs> and, and the deal is that Fajo... Um, it is very convenient for Fajo to see Data as not being human because yeah. he wants something out of him. Right. And, you know, of course, Fajo has no, um, uh, what is that? Not predilections, uh, pretenses about being a moral person. Yeah, yeah. But um, nonetheless, it is easier for him to see Data as an object. Yeah, or this could just be another part of his plan where he's like, I know that there's a, 
an acquisition phase with sentient beings where I have to break them. Like, you know, you see this with horses a lot. You know, if you if you get a horse that's just kind of been run free, you know, they call breaking the horse. You have to essentially break its spirit. Um, which, I mean, is weird. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I mean, I guess it's just a thing that we do um, and have done for thousands of years. Yeah, we are, we're not talking about her very much, but we probably should. She's smart enough to catch on to Data's ploy here. Yeah. And then, in classic Star Trek style, she's a pretty lady, yeah. but for once, they actually make her to be less pretty. Yeah, or just, because... like, less human. Like, she's a pretty non-human. Um, well, like, the deal is that her face is, is asymmetrical in places. Yeah. And they talk about, you know, how Fajo treats people. Yeah. So, there we go. Yeah. She... She has been scarred by Fajo. Yeah. Like, I don't know what her... Because um, they live in the Federation, so I don't know what her motivation for this is. Yeah. She's like, no, I get 10% over the standard Federation retirement plan. It's yeah. great. It's worth but yeah, it. I mean, she, she lets us know that, um, you know, like, hey, look, you know, he doesn't have friends. He just has people he has leverage over. And um, yeah. I don't know if she does see through Data. I think Data, that was like kind of Data's opening gambit. Um, of like an evolving plan because eventually he does um, and I'll point it out when it happens but I feel like he does kind of like land that fish um, yeah. through his oh, well, own effort clearly. not through accident <laughs> yes this is called the honey pot oh we're going to be sleeping together <laughs> no, no. Um, <laughs> I um so so the deal is is, is it's interesting where um, her complicity with Kivas Fajos in humanity um gives her no immunity to that inhumanity yeah yeah um he she is participating in inhuman actions on the belief that 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 puts her in the in-group yeah but anyone who orchestrates these things will never recognize the humanity of anyone but themselves you're never in that in-group enough yeah and so like the thing too is like what i kind of like about this too is that someone could read that situation as like hey look um you know, I can't do anything about it. I don't have any power or control. I'm, I just got to do what he says, and he does bad things, but that's not on me. I don't have any complicity in that. It's like, well, no, you do. And, um, you know, people like to kind of presume their innocence, but really, especially if you live in a first world culture, uh, you know, like America or Western civilization, um, you're, you're, you have blood on your hands. Like, you're certainly not innocent. Um, like, the, the thing is, these people are Federation citizens. So she could just sell trinkets on freaking Beta's ad yeah. and live, you know, a, a fine and comfortable lifestyle until she dies or yeah. Beta's ad invaded or whatever. But, yeah. like, she doesn't have to be here with Fajo. So she has willingly, willingly done this. Well, I mean, um, it, the implication is that he's got some leverage over her, right? I didn't get that, but that's, that's certainly possible, yeah. Because, I mean, Data says, like, hey, um, he has us both and she kind of gives him that poignant look in the cutscene, and yeah. the implication being like hey she'll he'll make you do things and so you need to do you know you just need to the sooner you give up the better you know implying yeah. the reason why she knows that is because she had to do that thing yeah and you know certainly if you were to if she were to work with kivas fajo um he's had her do things that are illegal probably and if yeah. she were to leave him he could then just go to the Federation authorities and be like, "Ugh, I just learned my terrible employee yeah. did these things. Um, you know, or who knows? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. he's he, he holds all the cards. And, yeah. you know, um, 
I like this. I, and and this is this is what's interesting about like I love how they continue to have this back and forth. You know what I mean? Like this is a power struggle. We're we're seeing a fight here for yeah. control. Like I I've made references to the prisoner before, but this is the most prisoner like episode. Um, Data insisting he's a free man, Cubus yeah. Fajo trying to break his will. Yeah. Little plots, little schemes. Uh, yeah, it's a pocket-sized version of the whole thing, but it's good. Yeah. There are no rovers. Um. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the one thing that I kind of wish, uh, like th- th- this, is definitely a gritty episode. I feel because um, Data's Data's never had to really like he when he makes decisions, his consequences don't usually come back to him. Um, you know, he kind of makes it you know in the Enterprise, and the consequences affect the Enterprise, not him himself. But here he's isolated. And um, right now he's kind of like pushing the limit, limits of, uh, you know, what he can do. And we're going to see later that um, the consequences of his decisions get go down pretty far. They get pretty heavy. Yeah. I mean, this is an episode that talks about uh, slavery, murder. <laughs> yeah. I mean, kidnapping to a I lesser extent. And see, this dude, like, <laughs> he's like, I'm your liberator. I'm at war with no one. And you're like, oh, whoa, yeah, he's right. Dana, you might want to think about this. <laughs> like, you're actually helping, helping the org. Because, I mean, I've talked about it before. Starfleet, you know, is it a science organization? Is it a war organization? And, I mean, they, I don't know if it's a line they tread. They really just bring it up whenever they feel like it. <laughs> like, we're a science organization. We're at war. <laughs> I mean. Sorry, your past does not excuse unethical or like immoral that. behavior is the 90s version of cool, cool crime, still murder. Cool <laughs> yeah. motive, still murder. There we yeah. go. Yeah, uh, but um, I like that. It's important because, you know, that that's kind of, that that's a, a, a logical fallacy that I can't really name, you know, but it's like, yeah. hey, look, no, I have I have reasons for doing these things, so it's okay. Well, actually, it isn't. It's still... Um, yeah. Uh, and I like, obviously, we don't know what any, any what he just said, the phenoplaque stuff, but that's he's holding, I love that he's holding it kind of like a drink. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know, like I'm about to... You know, look, see, he kind of tits it to his mouth like he's going to drink it. But no, it's acid. It's <laughs> great. It's like some Joker stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. But, um, you know, we deal with... Um, clearly, this is a violation of data, right? Yeah. To, to strip him naked, basically. Um, not 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 explicitly for sexual pleasure. Yeah. But again, like you said, this or maybe is... maybe sexual. We don't know. <laughs> he's a warrior. Who knows? He loves power. Um it's gritty it's it is um deals with some fairly intense themes but it does it all in a way that's fit for the whole family i mean think about this as a sexual assault he's like oh you don't want to take your clothes okay that's fine here's some acid by the way i've invited guests and so you can either choose to wear what i told you or be around naked your choice yeah and um be objectified one way or the other right and, you know, we don't have to, to show any tits for that. We don't have to show anyone yeah. getting their hand cut off. Which I love. For I love that. Oh, yeah. man, this is just... I love the constant evolution of, like, their kind of sparring sessions. It's great. Yeah. Um, and we get to see Jordy sleeping, which we don't... With shoes on? Really? Yes. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, just at least take your shoes off, dude. Maybe the secret is that everybody has... There's one Terry cloth robe on the entire ship <laughs> yeah, just hogging it all like, the time yeah you have to like sign up on a sheet for when you get it <laughs> and just Picard all the way down I yeah. need my comfort <laughs> yeah. while I'm resting 
<laughs> like the, there's only 300 sign up slots he's got like 200 of them <laughs> <laughs> captain's prerogative <laughs> I, get to, I get deep first... gives me comfort <laughs> I get 10 sign up slots every time it makes a round <laughs> Jean-Luc, so, we, Jean-Luc, we, Jean-Luc. Okay, <laughs> so we see a little bit of uh air quotes counseling from uh yeah. troy um which is really just hey look is it funny how women are nosy and have emotional intelligence that's funny huh she's like, being aggressive on, she's being look i know it hurts you wharf but come i mean on, like then... like so out of all out of all the people on star trek if you had to go with kind of a very shallow definition of masculinity the two that come to mind would be um wharf and Riker, like as yeah. far as masculinity yep. <laughs> and so yep. why does she always have to like oh i can i can i can help you bad boy i can make you like she can't be like shouldn't she be counseling freaking jordy like he lost his best friend but no she's going to like the masculine dude that's probably gonna punch a punching bag and be fine maybe she is maybe she is counseling jordy but there's no conflict there right Date, uh, Worf and Riker need help to acknowledge their man feelings. They, <laughs> they have a handicap, Derek. Handicap <laughs> in their hearts. Um, Which is dumb. And I would argue somewhat toxic. But whatever. I mean, it is. I, I talk about Cleons having... Being exemplars of toxic masculinity. Yeah. So you could play that as more of a literal flaw and have Troy help them get past those things in different yeah. episodes. Like, like uh, one of my one of the things I love is like when like a strong person who has control over their strength they go through like some emotional thing and then they start breaking stuff by accident. You know, like it's like they have these like these aggressive. A, a good example is like Turk from Scrubs. Like, when he's mad at JD, but he doesn't let him, he just keeps punching him in the arm (laughs) every time. Like, that kind of stuff. I love, like, that is, like, a a dumb masculine way to, like, deal with your feelings instead of, like, actually dealing with them head on. So, um, right. And if they had an episode about that, like, that would be great. Yeah, But they don't. Yeah. So, it would be great because... Worf is going from security to engineering, and it would be great if, like, he has to change into an identical shirt. And he's like, well, I can't wear the security <laughs> yeah. shirt anymore. He puts on an identical and engineering like, shirt. And, like, everyone notices. Everyone notices <laughs> the, like, the same exact shirt is actually uh, an engineering shirt. He's like, oh, hey, it's an engineering shirt. That's great, man. <laughs> it's like your first day taking over ops. It's good. So, uh, I, I like how they come to this conclusion because they know data well enough. Like, I mean, you know, he... They, the implication seems to be like, hey, you have all these procedure, but there's like stuff you don't necessarily like we get it. You, you don't necessarily have to tell us, but data would always tell us anyway. And they happen to know that. Yeah, because it's the stickler for regulations. Uh, like, is this like so is this I, when I first saw this dude, my first question was, is that gold thing like an accessory or is it part of his biology? Like, I really couldn't <laughs> tell. Like, I don't know what these holes in his face are. It uh, looks like it's he has of, like three nostrils, I guess. Yeah, that's well, part of his biology now, or maybe seven nostrils. Yeah, I mean, like this, uh, it's either part of his biology or like the most complicated nose piercing I've ever seen. It could be a heat sink. I don't know. <laughs> heat sink. Just, I love it. I love that. It's, it's thin. It's metal. It's conductive. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's it it has a lot of exposure to the air. Hmm. Um, oh, he's got his, look, he puts, I never noticed that. He puts his pinky in his nose. <laughs> yeah, it's obviously not to prevent boogers from forming. Yeah, I know, so. right? Like, he does yeah. not rock it, like, on three sides. <laughs> um, 
So I like this. I like that Data's like, all right, cool. Um, Data caught on to, I expect you to entertain my guest that's coming. And Data's like, huh, I'm not going to entertain my guest. I'm, I'm resisting. Yeah. It's um, passive resistance. Yeah. To get nothing. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's just like the, the raw emotion here is so great. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, is just he, so pissed. Yeah. Fabo, he, like, he, like, he, He's say, trying to save face, huh? But you can yeah. tell, like, he is just furious. He is, um, you know, he, he's trying to exert power over someone's will. Right. Um, Which is always a tricky endeavor, especially if you haven't broken him. Yeah. But anyway, Kivas Fajo gets cucked by Data in front of Paylor. <laughs> TLDR for those not watching at home. <laughs> I love that. Cuckold. Um... Because that's what it is. He's humiliated. Um, yeah, and I like that. Uh, I like that data. Like brings it full on mannequin when he gets knocked over. He just like oh, stays yeah. stiff and just. That's great. The the best part of that is that that might have been an actual mannequin. I I like oh, really? to imagine it was. Yeah, yeah. Where it's just like, oh, do we need a stunt double? What if we just get like a mannequin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah, that would be good. Um. Oh, oh. daddy, daddy forgot. Son's dead. Don't worry, it's... And Worf's like, how dare you insult me? <laughs> <laughs> it's great, because um, I did watch the finale last night, and uh-huh. there is a scene like this where they mistake... Oh, really? They mistake like, a thing for a thing? Yeah, it's a shorthand where it's like, oh, yeah, no, this dead crew member, I totally forgot they're dead. My bad. <laughs> um, so, and it's, it's, it's a recurring shorthand, right? I talk about the language of television yeah. for, we're all still making this judgment. We're not used to it. Oh, in Star Trek Three, they do it. Um, I think did they do it in Star Trek three where he asked Spock for like an analysis and uh, it's actually I, I, I couldn't tell you I don't McCoy I think but anyway I like uh so I like that they've lost a friend but they're still on mission right like yeah. they're still and that does that's a very that's a very military thing like I imagine like a space full of nerds like would would totally be mourning and chilling out and like hey we're gonna we're just gonna not deal with this for a few weeks or months before we get back to work well they have a mission to complete if they were doctors they'd be doing the same thing i mean according to every doctor show ever a a doctor (laughs) is different than like a biologist (laughs) but but that's what they're doing here they're doing medical relief to um this colony yeah this stupid useless helpless colony (laughs) i can't solve anything on my own could you guys not have just gotten this fedexed oh the insurance would have been really high (laughs) yeah and you guys are free, and y'all love noble causes, and people are dying. I love, I love this. I love that Data <laughs> is trying to do the smile on Mona Lisa. It's great. <laughs> it's so good. So you couldn't I mean, have gotten like, like the last Nintendo it. DS, buddy. All right, fine, <laughs> I whatever. feel like he nails that smile too. Like it was oh, really he does. Good. He's great. He's fantastic. <laughs> Faja's like, now that I didn't get what I want, I, I want to make our relationship better it's like yeah well weird yeah and i like how like this dude you know is just categorical like abuser right like he's just among other things and and he like uh when he comes he's like listen i think we got off on the wrong foot (laughs) like yeah sure sure we did (laughs) i um it would be great if Data's like, oh, also, I figured out something. He picks up a vase and throws it at him. Yes! Knocks... That's what I was thinking. Like, 
knocks like, his ass out cold with a priceless could, antique. Could, yeah, Dana <laughs> could like essentially be a cat, right? And just start knocking things off the tables. My, yeah. the, how I would have wrote that scene is that all the vases and everything would have been stripped away. And then the way the scene begins is Data sitting on the red couch. As he walks in, he takes a baseball card, puts it in his mouth, and starts chewing it like gum. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great. Yeah, the Mona Lisa's wood, you know. It's not canvas. Yeah. You totally then, go like, upside a motherfucking head. And then, that. like, he doesn't even finish it. After it's just, like, this wad of paper, he just puts it underneath, like, the chair. <laughs> no, he feeds it to the hand puppet monster. Oh, yeah, no, that'd be Who great. chokes on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it t- turns out uh, he has a very diverse diet. I've been feeding him pretty much everything in this room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. That explains how my puppeteer got arm cancer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I love like the subtle reveal of the Veron T disruptor. It's just this highly deadly antique, right? Yeah. Um, and Which, then he I explains mean, its functioning. Yeah, I like how he explains it like a phaser, but like more pain. It's vicious. Yeah. Like he's like it's not enough that you kill a person; they they have to hurt the whole time. Yeah. I um he could have talked this over with her beforehand, but he's he's not thinking straight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's crank. not that kind of. Hey, would you mind if I use you as a threat? No, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna point a Varanty disruptor at you, but I'm not gonna shoot it. Um, I'm totally gonna shoot it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I will shoot it. <laughs> see, but now he's lost her trust. He goes too yeah. far. And see, this um, is I would argue that this is Data's gambit. Like yeah. this is like th- he took, he saw an opening and he took it. And he knew that eventually that like it would escalate to this point, yeah. um, because you know his only means of escape is like flipping an asset essentially. I mean, he could have chucked a door at Kivas Fajra while he was staring at his assistant, yeah, or like one of caught the phaser pieces. as it was still in the air and <laughs> shot the dude's ass off. But yeah, yeah. yeah no, also, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like that's one of the thing. That's the other thing I was thinking about with his shield. Like, if he just like had a whole bunch of rocks or something like out of that cage or wherever. And, like, you just would, like, constantly throw them at the shield just to see if there are any, like, weaknesses. <laughs> yeah. Well, he described it as, like, a neuro shield or whatever, like, being yeah, bad for the brain yeah, or something. Yeah, something positron, something, I don't know. Yeah. Which, I don't know how that throws data across a room, but I don't know. Yeah. I assume it was just for living stuff, because he gets close to physical things. Yeah. So, so which, this again... Is, this yeah. is where, like, the main cadre of people, and also Beverly Crusher, <laughs> learn the thing that Jordy already knows. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, we're, we're gathering evidence. Yeah. Now we have two pieces, which I guess is better than one. I just, this is the piece that, like, they use to act on, and I feel like it should have really been Jordy's piece, but whatever. Yeah, very mm-hmm. good, Riker. You can put two <laughs> and two together. Very good. Everyone else knew, but I'm glad you said it. You're such a big boy. It's great if Riker turns to War Force, like, I already put out an APB for him on the Federation <laughs> internet. <It's... laughs> Kivas Fajo. Riker's like, that's right, it's Ki- Oh, what, really? Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get yeah, back up like, to the ship. Like, he thought it was like, and well, yeah, yeah, that's right, it's, and like, Worf says Kivas Fajo, and he says, like, some random dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, Fajo, that's what I meant. <laughs> it's great if they beam up, and Riker's like, you guys never do this to Picard. You always let Picard I, do it. I love, review. I, I love how, I love how, this, what, the, what we learn in this scene is that the Federation will totally trade with you without even doing a background check. <laughs> like, no background check whatsoever. They'll just, like, oh, man, you got what we need? Yeah, we'll, we'll replicate some jewels for you. No problem. He doesn't, he doesn't have um, a criminal record. He's just a trader of rare and valuable things. 
So these people don't read briefings anyway. <laughs> They're like, Alien Planet, that's cool. No, 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 you can't wear pants. Come on, read the briefing. <laughs> read the... Yeah. And so uh, I kind of like this little bit. I wish it was a little bit more technical, just like a little bit of zazz. I wish Wesley kind of zazzed it up a little bit to show like, hey, look, I'm, I'm a really smart kid. But it's fine. Um, I do like how they're, they're kind of going through that and they're kind of going through their problem solving of like, all right, if I was like Kivas Fajo, how would I, where would I go if I had 23 hours at point one oh three light speed or whatever? Yeah. So um, they're way faster than him. They have, they have every advantage over this guy. Yeah. And all he has is a head start. Yeah. And, so. and, 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 and you know, they have a, re- they make the reasonable assumption that there's no way he will um, know that they're on to him. Yeah. But I mean, I love that we get that, right? Like, so they're, they're doing this mission and then you think, oh, they just took advantage. Like, like they cobbled this plan on the spot to take data because he was valuable. And you later on, like, oh, no, he knew that he was valuable. And so, you know, when the, the trade came just by luck, uh, you know, they took advantage of it and kidnapped data. And then you learn, no, the trade was not by luck. He engineered this whole thing just to get the Enterprise to trade with him so he could get data. Like, that's yeah. how f- powerful he is. And I feel like that's a really great touch. Oh, yeah, it is. Uh, again, this is a solid episode. Um, yeah. I, I don't know why it's not more um, renowned, because it's got it's got all kinds of stuff. People are like, ooh, Star Trek The Next Generation is very dark. Like, this is a pretty dark episode. Yeah, um, I mean, I kind of wish it would get a little bit darker... Um, I feel like there were more levels here. Like, I, I would have loved an arc where Data has been like kidnapped for three episodes, and he learns like the greediness of being the thing that he's been always wanted to be, which is human. Like, like he's only ever seen like nice things about humans, and he's seen kind of indirectly how humans can treat other humans poorly, but he's never been treated poorly or had to make really bad decisions for his survival. Yeah. And I would have loved to see like a small story arc with that, then go back to Starfleet, and he kind of struggles with the differences there. That would have been great. I would have loved that so much. Yeah, and there there would be a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Um, and I think we do get like a sufficient moral dilemma in this episode. Yeah, as for a standalone sure. Episode. I, yeah, I think I think we do for sure. Also, um, wondering, uh, David doesn't have good ears apparently. Like, like <laughs> know, how did right? he not hear the door opening, the guy running? Like, I get they're not saying anything to each other, but only when she yells, he's like, um, oh, i got to do something. My bad. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> I do love how he manhandles these people. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Like, oh, man, bye. <laughs> Nothing, man. He's like, oh, <laughs> i, I got to engage you in hand-to-hand combat. Well, that's a bad idea. See you Isn't later. it, though? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know exactly what the martial art is that lets you throw people across the soundstage and they, they're <laughs> knocked out, yeah, but it's, it's a pretty good one. It's data dough. <laughs> data dough. Yeah. Um, one of the things that is a little weird is that she talks to data. It's like, all right, when I begin the escape sequence, it's like, no, you're just escaping. You're, you're beginning the launch sequence. <laughs> yeah. Oof. They, they don't have like a big button behind that console that says prisoner escape and you push it and then you get to use yeah. the, the shuttle. Also, so, I love how she doesn't dive for the gun. She just falls towards it. She she goes for it. It's not enough. <laughs> she didn't jump. She didn't jump at all. She just kind of like... I don't know, you know what, about this here. Like, is he struggling with killing her? She tried to kill him. 
He's really shocked. But, but I mean, and like, now yeah, he's like, being a dick. Like, you think? Oh, so you think that was just like a play? I kind of read um, that as it could have been like him just like with her, or could have been like, hey, I um, oof. I finally get to use this toy and f that girl. Look yeah. That. And so, then he goes right back into the, the, the victimization. He shoots her, and he blames Data for it. Yeah. Like, and what's interesting is, like, you kind of wonder, maybe he, not only is he a sociopath, but he's, like, a rich sociopath, which we, you know, certainly don't have a president or anything like <laughs> Message. that. Message. Yeah. But, like, you kind of get this person, like, hey, look, like, I could totally see him in, like, some rich mansion where um, father just uh, yells at the maid, <laughs> and he's like, you're going to get fired, and then he does a bad thing, blames him on the maid, maid gets fired. Yeah. Um, you know, that kind of deal. Right. So here, here's the heart of the episode where Data yeah. can kill in self-defense, but how far does that self-defense go? Yeah. Like, like he can he can extrapolate all the things this dude's capable of. Um, is he protecting potential other people by reducing him, neutralizing him now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And clearly there's a moral case for killing Kivas Fajo. Um Especially because Data doesn't think he escapes. This is his one moment. Yeah. And um, I'm sorry. And look at that. You know, like but he's if just you... like, yeah, I might kill this dude. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. So why would he tempt Data into this though? Just to exercise his power to say, Data, you can't do it. You're too good. You're a good guy. I'm a bad guy. Well, I mean, he... He, this is his only weapon <laughs> of defense, right? He's just can, trying to convince him of the thing that he wants to happen. So that he's no longer in danger, um, and this is I think kind of interesting too. Like I, he I, I veers read... into monologuing. I think at yeah, some point, yeah, he just. I kind of wondered if he it, that rage that he talks about is like a rage that maybe he has because he liked Vera deep down, but I don't know. Maybe not. It's could be. So, um, you know, maybe he's trying to dehumanize Data and break him down. But um, I mean, this is Captain. This is like Kirk logic. Maybe you just read some Captain Kirk stuff. And you can, you can try to like break Data because he's essentially a robot. That's great. The failure of Kirk logic against Data. <laughs> um, look at that. So we definitely yeah. get like a hey, Noah, I fired. Um, and here we get conf- confirmation. Like, hey, there's a mm-hmm. weapon that has discharged, and you're like, whoa. That, that's where the foot drops. And, it, and it's kind of cleaned <laughs> yeah. up, right? Because you don't didn't actually kill him, but you know that he would have. Dude, O'Brien, maybe. Maybe <laughs> don't materialize people with guns pointing at Riker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know, just right? Maybe like, don't. Away. <laughs> like, you don't know where orientation of objects in the transport are, O'Brien? Like, are you the chief? Brian's <laughs> like, dude, that's a guaranteed disruptor. I was tweeting about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only half here, man. I have a life, Riker. Dang. So look um, at this. Yeah. Weapon was the state of discharge. It's like, huh, curious. I guess something occurred during transport, perhaps. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which you just realize, all right, cool. Data's a murder machine now. Well... (laughs) (laughs) Riker's like, do you want to report it? And Riker's like, do you want to report it? (laughs) (laughs) But um, I love this. I like, like, so you kind of get like, maybe that was just a weird quirk. Data says weird things all the time. But at the end of this, you're like, we have data lying and data being spiteful. 
Uh, and I would have loved this to be an arc of just like data finds what it means to be human, but through the dark pieces of humanity. And he has to kind of figure out that like, and that doesn't necessarily mean he becomes bad, but right, it's just right. like, we have to, a bad data out there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, no, we already have one of those. We have, you know, we don't need the whole set. You know, yeah. the, the, the only thing that, it, but it could do is like, he tries to figure out like, do I even want to become human? Like, or, you know, what's the deal? And that would have been great. I would have loved it. Um, but I have a strong suspicion we're not going to get any more about this. No, no, that's kind of a one and done, which is a shame. Kivas Fodge is an interesting character. Um, he asks us a lot of questions about the Federation itself and how it's structured. I like that. Um, you lost everything that you value. Well, no, I don't, I don't get any <laughs> pleasure. After all, I don't feel yeah. pleasure. It's another episode where, yeah. like, Data's life is wrecked by a dude... He almost ghosts the same fella. Dude's <laughs> life is wrecked. And at the end, Data just walks away cold as ice. <laughs> yeah. But no, he feels no emotions, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, his daughter died, like, what, six episodes ago? And he's just like, <laughs> boop, 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 doing a job. Um, and that's not a critique. Like, that's just the character of Data. He goes through these things and is somewhat unaffected by it. Uh, I think I think there's a power to that. I think you're on the right track with it being completely legit to want more from it as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that he's um, he certainly w- was affected by like that episode because it's the first time he's really seen the darkness of humanity and had to make decisions that you know because regardless of what decisions he makes, like like he didn't what decisions he made, one of the ones. His, his decision to escape with uh, Varya led to her death. And Ooh. it could, you know, I can totally see a world in which Data blames himself for that. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we could talk about that. But, um, yeah. Final thoughts? Were those um, your final thoughts? Um, I mean, in addition, like my final thoughts, I, I really enjoyed this episode. I kind of wish that it would have gone a little deeper. I would have loved to see like a multi-story arc with Data grappling with the negative parts of humanity. Or I really liked how we saw kind of like, hey, there's some power. There's some like, I don't know, I don't know if you want to call it capitalism or just like power mongers or just whatever. There's some shady stuff in this world as well. Um, it isn't all just like roses and rainbows. As yeah. far as like how the society is structured, yeah, I, or what I, is permitted in the society, I didn't mention it, but Kivas Vajo could have been a Ferengi, yeah. Um, if the Ferengi well hadn't been so thoroughly poisoned already, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He's just you know just yeah, yeah. He's, so, he he's this utterly capitalist character, and that's what the Ferengi are supposed to be, right? And um, I wonder if making them like so one dimensional that way like hurts any kind of depth you write in the story to that regard it's like oh they're fringy it's fine like oh he's a demon he's supposed to be evil yeah i mean i think that if kivas Vajo had been a ferengi he would have been a much more memorable character oh yeah he, he could have came back he would have been socketed into the 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 cascade of ferengi characters we get um who aren't who have not been very memorable up to this point Agreed. because he's complicated and he's intelligent yeah. um and they decided not to go Ferengi with him, probably because it, it would have brought him down a bit, I think. I think probably because Ferengi are not supposed to be intelligent. He was intelligent. Yeah. And so, like, the um, 
But yeah, I mean, I, I liked all of that. You know, I kind of wish uh, I, di I did like how we we get a sense of how deep the uh, Karis Fajo's plot went, like how how depth how how the links that he went just to get this opportunity to take data. Um, yeah, I, I think this is a really good episode. I just wish I could have seen a little bit more from it. That's good. That's that's the best I think critique you can give an episode. Yeah. So um, next week we're gonna watch Sarek. We are watching the original tra trailers as they played on television. Um, so do you want to watch the trailer and then we watch it together and we'll just cut out the, the 30 seconds of silence before we're watching it? Or um, do you want to kind of watch it live and just record as we go? I kind of like the watching it live. Okay. All right. So um, boop, boop. I shot you the link. Yes. Let me know when you're ready. I'm going to count us down. And then we'll... Okay, okay um, I'm ready. All right, and three, two, one. So, um, we get, they get the steel, the steel wall of death. I love this thing. It's classic. Oh, it's Sarek. <laughs> Sarek, Mark Leonard Sarek, the original Sarek. Oh, okay. Oh wow, Barum Brawlington Ford. What? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Sarek can't handle his liquor. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of violence. Oh snap. Yeah. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> what? He's gonna mind meld with Sarek. <laughs> How's that gonna jeopardize Picard's life? I mean, his heart Sanity, rate. Maybe <laughs> he's he's an old guy. He's gotta watch his blood pressure. I don't know. Um, um that, that's see. I don't know what to take. I know Sarek and bad thing happen. <laughs> <laughs> like I just saw, like uh, you know, Sarek shows up, but brawl. And Picard's life. Next time, so I'm based on based on what we saw last time, and I thought it was like data goes ham. Um, yeah, I you know I'm not expecting any of that to really be true. <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll see though. Okay, um, I guess we will see uh, next week. And until then, remember, remember Rand. Hey, I'll make this short because everyone hates credits. Star Trek is owned by CBS Television Studios and Paramount Pictures. We watch Star Trek on Netflix, we hold our conversations on Google Hangouts, and we record with Audacity, the free audio editor and recorder. All files are hosted on vanvelding.com, hosted by DreamPress, powered by WordPress. If you have any questions or comments about the Beige and the Bold, please feel free to leave a comment at vanvelding.com or tweet at vanvelding. Thank you, and remember Ram.